The media often paints a picture that successful people are people who woke up one day, quit their jobs, failed and failed and failed until they suddenly and finally succeeded. <laughs> but that's not actually how it works in real life. It's not that linear and there's no one way to be a success. So today, we're going to have a conversation about creating a steady stream of income online. And our guest today is a dear close friend of mine, Ajake Emekene a Facebook ads and funnel strategist who happens to be the first guest on She Shows Up podcast. We're going to dive into her story, how many times she quit her job <laughs> to start a business and what has worked. What should you invest in when you decide to get serious? And what if you are serious with your business, but you just didn't have any money to invest? What do you do then? How do you approach advertising and what mistakes should you avoid at all costs? Listen, I cannot wait for you to dive into this conversation. So let's do it already. <laughs> Welcome to She Shows Up Podcast, giving you the tools and strategies you need to create, lead, sell, and stand out online. It's time to show up. And here's your host, Tolu Michaels. Hello, Ajake. Welcome. <laughs> okay, thank you so much. I'm so excited. Excited to have you here. You're welcome. And thank you for being here. Thank you for obliging this request. It's so exciting to interview you. Thank you so much, Tolu. I'm so excited to be here. I hope you can hear it through my voice. I definitely can. Okay. So before we dive in, I really can't even wait to start talking with you. But before we dive in, could you please introduce yourself in the way that you like to be introduced? All right. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me here. This is my first podcast. Yay. <laughs> All right. So my name is Ajoke Emekene and I'm a digital marketing consultant. I help entrepreneurs get a steady stream of customers online um, through my S2S method. And specifically, the entrepreneurs I love to work with the most are coaches, course creators, and consultants. So people in the knowledge and expertise industry. Beautiful, beautiful. So that's me and that's you and that's, you know, the other people that we know. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. But... I'd like to find out though, you know, like how we started and what growing up was like for you in the home that you worked. Did adults work and what kind of conversations did you have about career in your childhood? Okay, so um I grew up in a house where or in a home where the adults the adults in my family work, but the thing is many people don't typically recognize this as work. For some reason, the people are just blind to it. Because I don't know why they just don't think it's work or maybe they forget that it's work. So, yes, my parents worked. My parents were both pastors. They both worked in church and they both worked in the same church, right? So my dad founded a ministry and then my mom too also helped out there as well. But then apart from that, my parents both um, always ran businesses somehow on the side. I know my dad had um, like a partner and they ran sort of like like say an oil servicing company. So the thing is, my dad never really talked so much about it. So I really don't know. To be fair, like I really don't know what it is they did in that company. I just know they had something. And I know that one time when I needed um, an account statement for a trip I was going to go on, my dad was able to provide me with this account statement that I was like, oh, what's going on here? <laughs> we don't have any kind of money in our house. <laughs> 
Okay, but I know my dad had you know partnerships here and there. My mom, on the other hand, is your network marketing queen. I cannot even begin to explain it to you. Like from forever living products to Tianxi, you know, just name. In fact, there's one that she's on recently that I'm just like, mommy, I'm not even getting involved in this thing with you. Like, I don't know what they're doing. She's like, Jacqueline, listen, you know, the products are very good. You know, but yeah, my mom, my mom is special because like she, she's the kind of person that, I mean, she's a pastor yet, but she's always thinking of how can, how else can she, you know, add value to the family and, you know, help with providing as well. So I think that I had had a very healthy view of work while I was growing up. My parents are very hardworking. My dad will still really late working. My mom will wake up really early, you know, to pray and then begin her day. So I think I had quite a rounded view. And then I also had like one or two uncles who were, um, who had regular jobs. And I know my parents always valued the fact that you could get out in the morning and do something to add value to the world as well as to yourself, you know, so... I think growing up, work was pretty important for my parents. Hmm. That's pretty interesting. And, you know, considering how your own, you know, career has gone with your background in HR, I would have thought maybe you had like a lot of corporate experience around you. Because, I mean, you did HR for your first degree, second degree. So, I mean, I would have just thought, okay, maybe your parents were the ones who were like, this is what work means. You wake up in the morning, go to your night to five. But even what you have said, it gives a lot of perspective, that idea of waking up in the morning to contribute and to add value in your own way. I love it. So would you say that this has specifically affected the choices you made in life as regards your work? Well, I think, yes, definitely it has. So if, if I give you an example, I stayed at my first job for way longer than I imagined I would stay there simply because there were certain things about like how I grew up that I thought I didn't want for myself. So for instance, like my parents were more on the entrepreneurial side. So plus, apart from the fact that they had ministry, they also had businesses that they ran at different points in time. But growing up, I always felt like um, I wanted to be like in a job for a bit, at least before I started my own business, sort of like a 10 year type of thing. And in fact, when I even wanted to leave my job, so let's say two years into my first job, I, I was ready to go, like I was done. But my parents were like, you know what, Joke, you know, there's nothing as good as, you know, having a steady flow month to month. Just wait, hold on. At first, you know, I was in a, I was in a management training program so that my mom was always like, just wait and finish your program. Finish your program first and then you can, you know, if you want to leave, then you can talk about it again. So they, I mean, at two different points when I was too sure I was ready to leave, they would just sort of cajole me to stay um, back in that job, even though I felt like I was ready. So I think the fact that growing up, it wasn't like my parents had... Um, so I, I have friends who maybe they grew up on a budget. So maybe they knew, okay, this was the budget for the month. And then, um, you know, you had to tailor your needs or whatever to whatever was available month to month. And there was sh- they were sure that they were going to have this amount of money every month. So my family wasn't like that, right? There was never any time where we would know, okay, this is the money for the month. There's nothing like that. When you ask for something, it's okay, let's believe God. <laughs> So in my mind, I'm just thinking to myself, guys, me, I don't want to do this believing God with you people. 
So I think that part of it was, you know, what made me, you know, sort of really strive towards getting a job. And then when I felt like I wanted to leave, it was almost like, you know, I just care. So what are you going to do next? Be, start believing God. I mean, now when I think about it, really, I feel like that was a gift that they gave to me. But I wasn't the most enthusiastic about it at first. So um, because of that experience, I think it propelled me to want to stay in a, like a regular corporate nine to five. But then I see the patterns, like I've seen you also do several businesses, <laughs> you know, and I've seen you talk about steady stream of income so many times. In fact, even more as an entrepreneur than, you know, maybe as a career person. So what you're saying really aligns with, you know, I can really see where all of that seeped into your adult life. And do you want to, you know, tell us, so when you were doing these different businesses, even when you had your corporate job, you started to do something. So what was the motivation? Was it still because, you know, you wanted to not always be saying every month, oh, I'm believing God, or were you just trying to dip your foot into it and see what it would be like? Okay, I think it, it wasn't on the I'm believing God side, to be honest. Like, I wasn't doing it. I wasn't doing those um, things to supplement my income, to be fair. Because there were certain times when, I mean, especially when I got a job, maybe when I was in school, it could have been to supplement whatever it is. And to, let, to be fair to my friends, my dad did really, really try. At least for me, I didn't really know about my brother. But somehow my brother always had money. I always had money in school because my dad had my, you know, there was a thing. Okay. We went to the same school, right? Tolu. So you know that we didn't have phones in school. And um, for many people, at least for me, particularly my dad, you know, used to get my account balance every time I withdrew. So my dad knew when I didn't have money. And so when I didn't have money, I would just not call because I know they know I don't have money. Yeah, in school. And even afterwards, when I got a job, I didn't, I didn't sort of struggle for money after school like when I got a job so um when I did my businesses it wasn't it wasn't to supplement my income to be fair it was just because I mean just because like I could make money so why not um every single time I started a business while I was working um my full-time job it wasn't it was just oh this happened that happened and then I saw an opportunity and I decided to take it so it wasn't necessarily because I needed the money. No, it wasn't. My job was pretty good. Um, so if I give you an example, um, one time I started a coconut oil business and totally random, right? I went to jog. There's a place my friend and I used to go to jog um, close to our estate then. It's um, Bagada General Hospital. So we went into jog one day and then I met this lady. Somehow I met her again when I was going home. So I said, oh, since she was walking, let me pick her, let me drop her off at her house. And we started talking in the car and I found out that, oh, she makes skincare products. She makes coconut oil and all of that, like from scratch in the house. I was so like, wow. And I think that was when I was sort of evolving in my natural hair journey. So I thought, okay, let me check out your products. And I bought her oil. I really liked it. Then she said to me, oh, you know, you can actually sell and you make 500 naira on each bottle. I didn't need like, and to think about it, I will take 10 bottles. So how much is that really? And I'll take 10 bottles. I'll probably sell like seven to my colleagues in the office and I'll have three sitting in my car for God knows how long, you know? So, and I would, that's, so that's what I would do. I would sell, I, I would collect the bottles at 1,500, 500 Naira. So in dollars, that's about like maybe $5 or something. 
and I will sell it at 2000 naira, which was somewhere around maybe $7 or 6 or something like that. It wasn't like my profit was going to be crazy. Yeah, so that, that's that. Right, but I find it so interesting that, that you say uh, you didn't need to supplement your income, but you did it just because you can. And so why not? You know, today, like, I think that as adults, even the things that we could do with no consequence, we still don't do it because there's all these things around. Oh, what if I fail at it? What if I'm not, you know, what if I don't do it well? What if people laugh at me? Oh, so you're now selling coconut oil. <laughs> so is there a reason why you didn't have those thoughts? Did you have those thoughts? Did you not have those thoughts? I'm curious. Mm, mm. So and now that you're asking me, really, Tolu, this interview has been very insightful because a few things that I'm picking up, you know, that I probably wouldn't have picked up on my own without this conversation. So um, growing up in my family, um, failure wasn't a big deal. Like, okay, you wrote an exam, you didn't pass. Oh, fine. You, like, you prepare next time. You, you know why you didn't pass, right? Next time you prepare and you pass. Like, it's, it was just really normal. So, like, I remember having, let's say, friends who, um, at one point or the other, maybe they apply for a job, and there's, they don't want to tell people that they did this thing. They don't want to tell people that they applied, just in case they don't get it. And I didn't really get it. In fact, sometimes when I tell my friends that, oh, I did so-and-so, and, oh, I'm telling my mom about selling, like, wait, hold on now until you get it before you start telling, you know, your family. But, shh. My family is not a big deal. Yes, you applied for something. In fact, I tell my mom so she can pray along with me. I started a new business. I, I made a new investment. I tell my mom so she can pray along with me. And then when she prays along with me, if it turns out well, I tell them we all rejoice. If it doesn't turn out well, I tell them again, we all, you know, move on. Like, oh, next time there's something better coming. But I think I grew up in a really mentally safe environment. That's what I would say. I grew up in a mentally safe environment where failure wasn't demonized. Even in business, when I was ready to leave, when the, the point where I was finally ready to leave, my dad just prayed for me and he was like, go for it. Go for it, dear. Go for it. And so I think that's the kind of family I grew up in. My dad's mental game is on another level. <laughs> I'm telling you, my dad should be a, he should be a coach with this thing. And in fact, he's working towards it, but his, his mental game is too, too strong. So I think that's what really helped me not think about, oh, what if I fail? Because um, if I fail, big deal. I'll pick myself up, keep it moving. Mm, I love it. There's nothing so terrible that could happen that you can't deal with. And that's the thing, you know, it's almost like we are unbreakable. You know, just, just thinking about it, like, I've, I've come to realize that, look, I'm not salt. I'm not going to melt or dissolve. I'm not going to break. None of that is going to happen, you know. And I'm just watching you. It's a, it's a wonder to watch. So I have the privilege to have a lot of insight into your life. <laughs> and when I think about all the different things you have done, you know, just preparing for this conversation, I started to think, what would I even ask Ajaka about? Is it animation or is it, you know, or is it coconut oil? <laughs> or is it, do you want to talk about that? Like, was there a specific journey you went on? I mean, coming from such a mentally strong background, did you just think, I'm going to try different things? Or was it that one thing led you to the other? Or, you know, what was that journey like? I'm still curious about this, your mental game, because I believe that for most of us, we actually didn't have that privilege of our parents giving us confidence or our parents, you know, coaching us on mindset. So for you, 
that coming from this background and then you have still done several things so i mean like so tell us is it is it really like oh your mindset was let me just do everything or there was something that led you to the next and to the next and to the next and what has that taught you about life yeah oh yeah this is so fantastic to <laughs> Well, so I think that, no, I think, I know, right? What happened was I, I didn't start out saying, oh, I'm going to do this. I never thought I was going to run an animation, an animation business. Um, I never thought I was going to run a, a hair oil business. You know, all these things I never thought I was going to do. But what happened was one thing led to the other. So my, my I've explained how my hair oil business started. My animation business started um, when I tried to put in for a competition at work and I didn't want my videos to look regular PowerPoints, you know, you know, when you try to animate PowerPoint, you know, that thing, to me, it looked really tacky. So I didn't want that. I wanted my, my, my presentation or my videos to look really, really nice. So I went and learned how to do the animation thing. And when I was done with my videos, my colleagues were like, wow. In fact, I showed different people and they were like, wow, wow, wow. So I thought to myself, in fact, the day that I decided to run this business, I showed pastor. I showed my pastor. I don't want to say pastor because we both have the same pastor. <laughs> so for the benefit of people who don't know, my pastor's name is Pastor Emmanuel Aaron. So I showed him, I think I showed him my videos. Um, and I don't remember the context with which I showed him those videos. But I know that when I saw his reaction, it was like, wow. I was like, no, 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 no. This is not normal. You know, everybody cannot be wowing at this thing that I just think I just did, you know. So I decided, why don't I make money? So the next person who came to me to say, at your care, eh, why don't you help me do a video? I'm like, yeah, I can help you, but I charge for it. So that was how the business started, really. So it wasn't, um, I woke up one day and said, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Then about your question about what has that taught me about life? So I would say that it's shown me that clarity comes with movement. Like when you move towards things. So yes, I'm interested in, so you know that one time I tried to become, well, I would say that I did actually succeed because I, I could add a few things. I tried to become a developer. When you move towards things, then it, it sort of opens them up to you. So when people tell me, I don't know whether I should do this, I don't know whether I should, I'm like, do one, like pick one and do. Then you'll know if you actually, you know, like it, you'll know if it works out, you know if it's profitable, like all the questions you have sort of open up or sort of get answered when you move towards that thing that you have questions about. I, I realized that clarity comes with, you know, movement, but I'm sure I didn't realize this at that time. It was like, Looking back that I realized that, oh, I, you know, I experienced more clarity as I kept on moving, as I kept on moving. But what have you found as an adult, like on your own discovering things? Is failure a big deal? Actually, you know, failure is really just glorified. Failure is not a big deal. Yes, in that moment, it can be painful. In that moment, it can be really, really heart-wrenching. But when you look back on your life, like every everybody has this moment, right? When you look back on your life and look at that point where you were so worried or that point where you felt like, oh my God, the world is going to end. You realize that it's not actually such a big deal, right? That's what you realize in hindsight. But 
I think it's it's important for us to when we're at that point for us to remember that really when I look back on this particular situation, it's not going to be a big deal. And so that's what I try to tell myself when I'm faced with a situation where I need to make a decision or I need to move, but it seems like fear wants to hold me back or it seems like, you know, yeah. So I found that I should keep moving because what's on the other side, you know, that saying, that quote that says, everything you ever want is on the other side of fear. I believe it so strongly. So even when I'm scared of something, I would do it in that fear, knowing that there's like nothing so terrible that can happen at the end that I can't do. Yeah. Mm, I love I love how you ended that. You know, someone needs this. That's even more important than what are they going to say about this? Because I think that one thing we forget is that the people we are scared of and the people we are creating for are not the same. The person who will read it and say, oh my goodness, you're a graphic designer. Oh yes, I needed a logo like yesterday. That person is not the same as the person who would say, are you two, you're a graphic designer. And really, what are you even going to do with that? And another insightful thing I picked is that it's usually okay at the end of the day. You know, nobody's going to come and say, oh, who are you to be changing your bio? Even your closest friends who could probably call you out like that, they wouldn't even notice. They wouldn't, how many times have I changed my bio? Okay, are you aware? <laughs> right. But, you know, uh, you talked about how this imperfect thing you created has earned you five figures in dollars. So let's, let's talk about money. Let's talk about it because, you know, it's, it, when we interview people and when we speak to people, it's almost as if it's a straight line. So you kill yourself, kill yourself, kill yourself, go, go, go behind the scenes. Then when you now blow, everybody wants to talk to you. So it's almost like success is you wake up, do everything, feel, 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 feel very well until one day you're just suddenly successful. <laughs> but I, I, I know, you know, I know from my personal experience and from speaking with people that it's not such a straight line, you know, and that straight line that the media kind of gives us it really derails many people because they kind of feel, since I'm not succeeding yet in the eye of the world, am I really succeeding or am I doing something wrong? You know, how can we tell? What are the things we can put in place for a steady stream of income? How can we make sure that there is income and then that it's steady? Because this is your zone. So I'm just going to sit back and let you tell us. Okay, so I think one thing that happens is that I tell myself, I tell myself everything, like I literally have to remind myself. In fact, this happened to me yesterday. I commissioned someone to help me design, to create some designs for one of my products. And when he, he started sending me the, the pictures or the designs that he had done, and they were really good, just that I still needed some things adjusted because it didn't look perfect yet. So when I sent it to him, at the same time, I knew that I wanted to move forward in terms of I wanted to um, create the marketing assets for the product. So I knew I didn't want to wait. But at the same time, I wanted it to be perfect. You know what I did? I shot my video anyway. Like I created my marketing asset anyway because one thing I strongly believe, and this is something that one of my mentors always talks about, is the fact that you don't have to get it perfect. You just have to get it going. You absolutely cannot learn from something that didn't happen. So why don't I move forward first? When I move forward, then I can course correct along the way. I can make changes that need to be made. 
in fact this particular marketing asset like i've i've changed things in this um and i don't want to use very technical terms now but i've changed things in my marketing flow many many times but that marketing flow has earned me five figures in dollars so just imagine if i was waiting for everything to be perfect before moving forward so something that is imperfect has earned me um five figures in dollars and i can keep you know iterating i can keep correcting things isn't it better for me to have moved forward first and then change things as i go along the way and in fact actually tolu i got more clarity by moving forward so back to that thing we discussed about getting clarity so what happens is I don't allow fear to keep me waiting because the moment I detect that it's only fear that is keeping me waiting. I mean, I know how to detect it because it shows up as, oh, I'm waiting for this to happen. Oh, I'm waiting for this feedback from this person. Oh, I mean, sometimes you are genuinely, you genuinely need something to move forward. But the moment I begin to feel, I mean, I ran that particular a marketing promotion without professionally designed assets for months in fact for over six months i did that for over six months so i'm asking myself why is it this little correction that i want him to make that will keep me waiting when he's done something already fantastic i will move forward and then when he when he comes back to me i can update it whenever i please but for moving forward that must happen so I, I sort of can tell when I'm beginning to keep myself from moving forward because I'm telling myself I'm waiting for this or that. And that really just helps me move forward despite, you know, fear or despite um, worry. Then one more thing I would say on that before we move forward, before we move on. Um, I remember there was one time when um, I wanted to introduce myself as an entrepreneur. So here's the thing, I've been doing things on the side, but I wanted to get very serious about introducing myself as an entrepreneur. Now, the reason I'm sharing this is because, you know, when I talked about moving forward in spite of fear, I spoke about how sometimes it shows up as you waiting for this or waiting for that. But sometimes that is just the fear of what people are going to say to you or the fear of what people are going to think about you. So that day while I was about to, it was going to be a post on Instagram and I was scared. To look, I was shaking. I was shaking on my bed. I was just like, what are people going to say? And plus, this is on the back of me doing several things. I'm introducing myself as several things. So that fear of, ah, ah, again, this adjoker, she know they tired. That's just basically me saying, ah, this adjoker, won't she get tired? Ah, ah, why is she doing something new now? Why is she doing something, another thing again? You know, I had that fear so, so strong. It was literally paralyzing. And that's when I realized that fear is real. That's when I realized that fear is real because that fear was going to keep me from talking about my new business. But you know what I did, Tolu? I posted it and then I threw my phone away. And I didn't look at my phone for hours until I felt like I was a bit calm in my mind. Then I picked up my phone. And you know what? The world, I mean, I feel like the world is so full of love. People were just saying, Ajoke, go girl, well done, this and that. I was like, what was I even afraid of anyway? So I think that's something that um, people need to realize that even if you're so scared of what people say, just imagine the best. Imagine that, oh, people love this. Someone needs this. Someone's going to reach out to you because you've put yourself out there. And that's something I believe. So from everything that you have said, Ajake, it's so obvious that 
you know, people can make money if they decide to. That's what I'm hearing. It's almost like you're saying, if you can do it, why don't you do it? <laughs> That's what I'm hearing you say. And, and to be honest, it's, it's a bit of a punch because I'm thinking, girl, is it that easy? Can I just wake up and decide to start making money? You know, but then you have given us data to work with. You have said that uh, your marketing assets were imperfect, yet it made you five figures, you know, and people listening would just be like, you know what? I want to make this money too. I want to be profitable. So what are the factors? What are the things we can put in place? How do we make sure that what we are doing brings us income, at least before we even talk about steady? Okay, well, so there are a number of things, right, that you can do to sort of check that you will be profitable before you start your business, right? And then when you actually start your business, there are a few things that you absolutely need to do if you are going to get to the point of profitability. Now, I know that these things are different for different people, but I'll just put out a disclaimer that these are the things that I believe and hold to be true. And so I infuse it into my work and this is how I become successful. Of course, if you're listening to someone else talk about how they became successful, then of course they would probably have their own views on how things should be done. But this is my view, right? So the first thing I will say is for you to choose a market in a profitable and already profitable niche. And this this sort of is, well, I say it's counterintuitive because sometimes people just talk about their passion. Like, oh, I'm so passionate about this, so I'm going to do it even if I don't really see who needs it. I don't know anybody who wants it. I don't know anybody who has a problem that this thing I'm getting into is looking to solve. Um, and that's one of the first mistakes I made in business. So when the first time I quit my job, so I've quit my job twice now. So this is the second time that I've actually, you know, left a full-time job to get into business. I, and I just did that recently, like basically on Monday. But the first time that I had a full-time job and I quit so that I could focus on my business, I think one thing that I didn't do before leaving that job was to check on the profitability of the business I was going to get into. And so I got into a business that I felt I was very passionate about, which was at that time business automation. But in hindsight, in fact, when I just did like a simple profitability check afterwards, I realized that nobody even knew what that was like at the time what does business automation mean? Because then people, and I didn't see the signs because people would, when I tell people, oh, this is the business I want to start, they'll say, what is that? Like you have to explain. I mean, I get the place of explaining because this internet space can be quite interesting and not everybody catches up at the same time. I get that. But this was even people who have probably been running online businesses, I would explain to them and they were like, no, 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 explain to me again. What do you say you're going to be doing for me? So that was one critical mistake that I made at that time that I would, encourage people not to make um i i started a business just purely based on my passion and i hadn't done the checks so one simple question you can ask yourself to check if the business you're getting into will be profitable is is there anybody who's making money from this thing i mean and in this case i would say don't just look at your current environment actually research about what you're about to get into worldwide is there anybody making money out of this thing because um, if there is, that's a very solid indicator that there may be something there for you. Um, there's something that um, someone I really love to listen to says, and I would just like to talk about it here. He says, um, pioneers get shot, settlers get rich. And that's just like, if you think about it, people who usually lead 
in an industry gets used as an example of how not to do things. Do you see what I mean? Because they are new, they are starting the market, they are educating people. But people who come after that person actually see all the mistakes that the person made and can do it better and customize it more. Like, of course, we have so many examples. Facebook is one example. Facebook was not the first social media to come up. Many people know, at least many people who are within my age range know High Five. I know some other social media networks that were around at the time. But Facebook came and Facebook took the market by storm, right? Airbnb, same thing, same story. Airbnb was not the first home sharing network to come up, but they made it more successful because they learned from their own mistakes. Because I saw an infographic that said that they had started several times and all that. But they also learned from the mistakes of other people in the market as well. So I believe very strongly in trying to do something that, I mean, it's already existing before you go ahead and pioneer a new, a totally new space, especially if you don't have the resources that many of these, like you don't have the resources and funding from one big institution, you're funding yourself. You want to make sure you're getting into something that's already defined as a profitable niche, right? The second question you asked me, okay, about how to, to keep your income steady. So the first thing I would say is when you're running a business, treat it like a business. As, and it's easy for us online people to forget that we are actually running a real business. It's very easy for us to forget. And I'm really passionate about this thing because I meet people every day who are not ready to invest in their business. Somehow, they think that because it's this online thing, and I don't need to put any money in to make any money. Like, I absolutely need to put zero dollars. And I'm not, I don't stand for that at all. I mean, I understand the place of starting with nothing. And to be fair, an example is my animation business, where I started with, I started with my skill, just offering my skill. But at some point, I knew I had to buy my animation tool. So I invested in buying my animation tool. So um, one day I asked a few people who were listening to me. I was holding a Q&A um, session with some of my students. And I was asking them, have you ever seen someone who wants to set up a factory and say, no, I only want free tools to set up my factory. I don't want to pay for any tools to set up my factory. I'm not going to go and get investment to set up my factory. Yeah, it's just a factory now. Why do I need to get? But, you know, that's what many of us do with our businesses when we want to only use free tools. We want to spend zero dollars to set up simply because somebody has told you you make big money from nothing. What does this have to do with getting a steady stream of customers online? Well, newsflash. When you invest in your business, it's only natural for you to, one, develop the skills you need to keep revenue flowing into your business. Two, sometimes actually that investment means you invest in something like advertising. And advertising is one of the, I don't want to say quickest because there's no get rich quick scheme here, but it's, it's a faster route to getting customers consistently than 
what you know most people would you know do or recommend so i definitely always recommend advertising but then i also recommend investing your business in other ways apart from advertising so is it the right tools right is it the right coach that one i don't even joke with the right coach the right person to lead you through because there's a lot that comes with you know googling and googling and googling so if somebody knows what i want to do why don't i pay them to teach me yeah, that's that's how I view things. So those are some of like three tips that I could give in regards to that. Yeah. Thank you. This has been so helpful. And and it puts it in more perspective because it's really big to say, oh, she had a nine to five and then she's also making five figures from this other thing. And which is really how the media puts it. It just looks like you just wake up one day and you're successful and life is good. <laughs> hmm. There's, there's really a cost to many things, investing in the right tools and the right coach. Ah, this, this is a whole topic in itself. But can you share really the results that some of your students have gotten from, from using this mentality, from deciding to be serious and to invest in their businesses? So just give us a picture of what that could look like. Okay. So I think I've had, I've had all kinds. I had a student who just crossed um, $3,000 in her business recently. And that was cause she decided to get serious. She decided to invest in herself. I have another student who last year made, um, around $4,000 in, I think December. And this was because he decided to also get serious with his business and begin investing. And I've had different stories like that, right? Beautiful, beautiful. So it's so true that you can actually decide because, <laughs> you know, I, I thought people would have a problem with that. Like, what do you mean? Are, are you talking to me? You know, are you trying to shake my table right now? So you mean I don't have money because I've not decided. <laughs> right. And so you can decide to, you know, to make money in your business. You can decide to go steady in your business. And when you treat it like a business, your business will treat you like an entrepreneur. Huh? <laughs> Absolutely. You are so right. And just just to say to people who feel like, oh, but I don't have money to invest in my business. But here's the truth. Even if you don't have money to invest in your business, you look at it this way. You either, you're either investing a lot of time into your business or you're investing a lot of money. So yes, there's actually free information out there. But the moment you've decided that you don't want to go the long road, because the free road is the long road. The free road is the long road where you... If you're not going to invest money into your business, at least in learning what you need to do, then that means you're investing a lot of time and a lot of effort into trial and error. And I respect that if that's what you can do now, but make sure you recognize that that is the investment you're choosing to make and do it well. So you can't be wishy-washy in that approach and not very precise in deciding to research extensively right? Because I'm saying this because of people who feel like, oh, I don't have any money to invest. You still have options, right? Researching extensively and then implementing but documenting your results as you go along. Because in this time, you're actually, or in this option or with this option, you're, you're doing the trial and error yourself. So you have to be deliberate about your trial and error, right? Own it with your chest, you know, own it. You decide to do trial and error, own it. But Make sure you research extensively, implement ruthlessly, document your results so that you can see, okay, what works and what doesn't work. I have no 
money, I would say definitely invest in a coach first before you begin to invest in tools, invest in this or that. Invest in a coach first so that you can sort of get a roadmap for how to move forward and then everything else falls into place. Oh, I love it. I love it. That's so beautiful. You know, this, oh, thank you, Okay, this is, this is really a major breakthrough for, for someone, I'm sure. You know, but before, as we, as, we, as we start to wrap up this conversation, you know, I want to dive deep into what you said again about once you can invest, invest in a coach, invest in advertising. And I know that this is your expertise, you know, using advertising, using evergreen funnels to make sure your income is steady. So when somebody makes that decision, so somebody decides, I'm going to make the leap today. I'm ready. I have the money to invest in advertising. So why not? So what are the first three steps? Obviously, for me, one thing I would say definitely is they should invest in working with you. And this is no advertisement, but it just makes sense, right? If somebody has brought you to the point of decision, then you, when you want to move forward, the best person to go back to is that person, right? So if, you know, so besides that, what are the, what are the first three things, three, you know, things that people are not doing, three, three, three tips that is just not out there for people to know? and that people can implement right now if they decide to move forward with advertising. Okay. So when you decide to move forward with advertising, there are a number of decisions you have to make. Um, One of those decisions is what advertising platform do I use? Now, if you follow me for any amount of time or any length of time, you'll know that I stand Facebook. (laughs) But I'll just say, you know that I'm an advocate for starting on Facebook. Why? Why? Why do I advocate starting on Facebook? Well, to be fair, like you only have one or two options. You can either start on Google or you can either start on Facebook. Listen, there's no Twitter here. There's no Quora here. There's no Pinterest. Like whatever else you think you want to go to start with for traffic, I'll say, hold on. The people you are looking for are on Facebook and they're also searching on Google. So pick one and move on. So the first thing is to pick a platform. And I'll definitely recommend you start off with Facebook. Why? Facebook is easy to get started with. You don't need too much to actually get started. Then once you've decided on your platform, another thing you want to decide on is what, like who are you going to be targeting? Oh, sorry, this is actually before the platform rather, sorry. What you're going to be offering and who you're going to be targeting. So let me just let you in on something. There's something called, I'm trying to think of a technical term now, but it eludes me. What I would say is when you think about the product or service that you're offering, is it something that people actively look for? Or is it something that, you know, it's just there at the back of their minds, but they know that they should, they should deal with it. Or is it something people actually actively look for? An example is um, you're a plumber. If you're a plumber, it's not like people just have plumbing issues and they don't attend to it. Plumbing is one of those things where If you have a plumbing issue, you go out and look for a plumber. So that's an example of um, a kind of business that should be advertised on Google because most of your customers are actively searching for a plumber. They're actively looking for someone to come and fix whatever is broken in their homes, right? So when you think about it that way, something that is a problem, like when it becomes a problem, is a pressing problem. If that's a kind of business you run, then of course, Google will be better for you because there it puts you in front of people who are looking for what you offer right now. But if let's say you are a personal brand strategist like Tolu is now, or you are someone who helps people lose weight, many times 
yeah people can google about losing weight but it's not really like the first thing people go about their day doing right so what happens is people knowing at the back of their minds that they want to lose weight like i know i want to lose weight but i'm not actively going around searching for how to lose weight or going around searching for you know so if you offer something like that where it's a bit more passive in people's minds you want to use a platform where people just go to hang out every day which is facebook right so i would suggest that you work backwards from your offer what you're offering people then talk about who you're going to be serving right where do they hang out or where are they most likely to find me right so then of course, then we come to Facebook. Then the reason why I'll say start with Facebook regardless is because, listen, everybody is on Facebook. I mean, Facebook has, what, 2 billion people these days. Like, the of the world is on Facebook. So who is your customer that they are not on Facebook? And I get this a lot. Some people say to me, and what if my customer doesn't have an email address when I tell people to build their email list? Some people say to me, what if my customer? But is your customer on Facebook? Yes, they're on Facebook. So how did they open their Facebook account? Okay, with their phone number or with their email address. Like whatever it is, most people have an email address. Most people have a Facebook account. So you'll definitely be able to find your customers on Facebook. So for advertising on Facebook, I'll just share two mistakes that people typically make when it comes to advertising on Facebook. Because yes, these days people realize that they should advertise. And a lot of people are advertising on Facebook, but making a few very basic mistakes that they actually don't need to make and waste money. Two things. One, they don't use ad manager. So Facebook does something well. They know how to take your money. Like, is there, is there gifting? Because I think that many people haven't actually stopped to think about how does Facebook make money? You come on Facebook every day. You go on Instagram every day. You go on WhatsApp every day. You've never stopped to ask yourself, how are these people making money? The minute you stop and ask yourself how they're making money, you realize that you need to get serious about how you advertise, right? So I see people do this so many times and it doesn't make sense. So you go on your page, let's say you posted something yesterday and today you go on your Instagram page and you see that Facebook is suggesting that, or Instagram, for if you have a business account, Instagram is suggesting that you promote that post. And so you think, okay, maybe it's a good one. Then you go ahead and click promote on Instagram. And the thing runs for, let's say you set the budget, you set the time, then you don't get any returns from that advert. And you're thinking, ah, this thing doesn't work. Well, um, here's what I would say. Facebook, they know what they're doing. They they try to make it very easy for people to click promote so that they can get your money. But the truth is they actually have also provided tools for people who are willing to put in just a little more work than others so that they can get better results. Facebook has something called an ad manager, and that's easily one way for you to get the best out of your advertising budget. Just using that tool alone can save you a lot of money because you get more options both for targeting, you get more options for placement, you get more options for objectives, and all of these things are decisions you need to make when you are running your ad, right? Then the second mistake that I see a lot of people make is not setting up their pixels, their Facebook pixels correctly. Now, how many of you listening to this have ever had an experience where you go visit, you click on an ad, visit a website, then the next thing, that person's ad is following you everywhere. Well, 
ever had that experience, then you should definitely realize that the person is using something called Facebook Pixel. And what Facebook Pixel is, it's um, a very small snippet of code that you install on your website so that you can collect information of the people who are interested enough to click on your ad and you can retarget them later with more adverts. So for whatever reason, they got interested, they clicked on your ad, they may have even signed up for something from you, but they didn't take that final step, which is to actually buy from you. Well, newsflash, people don't usually buy on the first look, right? That's normal. Let's say even you, when you think about your own life, before you actually buy something, except if it's something you use every day, you think about it, you call your friends, you talk to your spouse, you talk to whoever needs to be talked to so you can get advice on whether or not to buy it. Imagine that your potential customer is also doing the same thing. So what do you do? You keep reminding the person of the offer. And the only way to do that effectively is to actually have your pixels installed on your website. Now, take it a step further and make sure that the relevant events are installed on your website as well. So that when you're retargeting, you can retarget based on the actions they took or the actions they didn't take. An example is, let's say you you have, there's an, there's an event called, let's say you have an event called um, Initiate Checkout, right? Initiate Checkout. So this will be everyone who gets to your order page but doesn't actually sign up right you can decide to retarget people who get who gets to your checkout page but don't get to your thank you page this is just a little i hope it's not too technical but it's very possible for you to do that and that way you sort of egg people on and push them on to make that decision to buy from you. So that's, those are just a few tips that you can implement today. It takes nothing. Facebook Ads Manager is available for free to everyone who is looking to advertise. And there's no reason why you shouldn't be taking advantage of it. Hmm. Wow. Wow. Thank you so much, Ajake. That was so generous. So, so generous. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Wow. So I see, I see now where you always say that people can scale at will. I see now where you always say that, you know, if you want to do something, make a decision and move in the direction of your decision, because everything you said just made perfect sense. It looks like it's out there for us to see. So why are we not doing it? Why are we not doing it? And, you know, it goes back to what you said. We either haven't invested on the right coach or we haven't invested in the right tools. So even something that is supposed to be obvious is now not obvious to you because you're looking in the wrong places. Oh, thank you. Thank you. That's so beautiful. Thank you so, so much, Educare. Thank you. So <laughs> this has been a really insightful uh, conversation and I'm so excited to have done this with you and hopefully we can do this again sometime soon. But I'd like you to give some final words, especially about the fact that you have quit your job twice. I know you mentioned that to start a business. I find it so inspiring and so encouraging. So I'd like you to speak to that and, you know, just wrap up the way you love to. People who have tried something before and, you know, it didn't work out. So I think that, I think the first thing that I would say is just, um, listen, life, in this life, right, Life comes with ups and downs. Life comes with failure and success. I, I haven't met anyone. I haven't heard any of anybody who has never experienced some sort of disappointment, failure, or something negative. 
So I think the first thing I'll say is to embrace it. Like this is life, right? And this is this is the full package of life. It comes with ups and downs. That's the entire thing. Um, so the first thing I'll say is to embrace all of life, right? And then the second thing I would say is that something doesn't work today doesn't mean that another thing can't work tomorrow. But the difference between something working today and something working tomorrow is knowledge, timing, your preparation. Like it's all these things that you can control. So, I mean, and this, I think I'll, this is a bit of a sensitive topic, but I think I'll still use it anyway. Um, because, and I, and I know quite a number of couples who have a miscarriage on their first pregnancy, right? I know quite a number of couples, but I don't know any of those couples, at least my friends who decided, and I know sometimes it happens to people, but I'm just saying, I personally don't know anybody who decided not to try again to have another child because they had a miscarriage the first time. So it's as delicate as life doesn't stop people or life and death doesn't stop people from moving forward towards their dream of having a family with with kids, then why will you allow something like business, which is not even like, I mean, business is not eternal, right? It's so eternal, but business is not eternal. So why will you allow something as, will I say, in comparison as, I wouldn't say trivial, but let me say trivial, in trivial in comparison to like life, why would you allow it to stop you from moving forward towards your dream? There's absolutely no reason to. Did anybody die when you failed the last time? <laughs> of course, if anybody died, you want to make sure you're, you're really, really looking at it again to, to see what you can do differently. But you're not stopping because of it. You're not stopping because of it. I really want to encourage people um, because I, I believe very strongly that your mindset is the single most important thing that can set you apart and get you on the path to success. When you don't stop at failure, because failure is not the end of the story. So you can't stop there. The story is not over. You have to keep moving so that you can see it through till the end. And I'm not one of those people that says that if you fail at something, you keep doing it over and over again so that one day you succeed. Mm-mm. If you fail at something, I believe you should ask yourself why you feel at that thing and reevaluate that thing and ask yourself, if you want to keep doing that thing, then you need to ask yourself what you're going to do differently. Because everyone knows that it's madness to do the same thing over and over again and expect a different result. So I would say your mindset is absolutely important. If you don't take anything away from what I've said, um, please take away the fact that your mindset is important and you must not stop at failure. Failure can't be the end of the story. You have to keep moving because success is at the end. But that's only if you keep learning, keep growing, keep changing and keep moving forward. Yes. Thank you, Adoke. This has been a very interesting conversation. And I'm so glad to speak with you. We are going to leave all the details for how you can get in touch with Ajake and where you can find her online in the show notes. So thank you for joining me again today, Ajake. And I look forward to continuing this conversation later. Thank you for having me. This was so much fun for me. I really, really enjoyed this. And thank you for having me here. I feel like the conversations that we had were so deep and Really, I, I don't think that I would have just 
you know, spoken these words on my own if I didn't have a very talented interviewer. So thank you, Tolo. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of She Shows Up Podcast. We have more inspiring episodes for you and to access all the tools and strategies and links that we referred to in today's episode, head over to sheshowsuppodcast.com. Go there now and I'll see you online.